0: welcome we are so glad you joined us today are you ready for another basar christian church podcast let's get straight into it that looks like too many people in the church four years made a big difference here hallelujah when the church is full that's a good feeling amen and mean, packed church is better than an empty church don't you think so don't get upset because you can't find a seat how about going to a church with all the seats that are empty? I don't want to go to that church. Amen? <laughs> um, eh? And uh, so it's good. It's good news. Hallelujah. Well, four years just quickly passed by and uh, I was looking around and some people uh, I remember and they remember me. That's a good news. And uh, but you know, you, sometimes you wonder whether you will ever go back to Australia or whether you, you will ever start traveling again. So that's the kind of conditions that you go through. COVID literally crippled the world. And uh, we went through the hardest times, one of the uh, you know, greatly uh, affected countries in the world. Uh, Over 5 million people died of COVID. And uh, it's sad. And I lost 37 of my own pastors. That's heartbreaking. Um, I mean, I buried one by one 37 of them. They were not old people. They were 35, 40, you know, young guys, young children, young wives. They were all fine one day. And then they were gone the next day. So, you know, I was, as you heard Pastor saying, that I was in the hospital for 15 days fighting COVID. You know, like I was kind of, uh, uh, you know, the, the best case for, for COVID because of my age. And I'm diabetic and COVID says, we, I love you. And uh, uh, I said to them, I don't like you. There so there's a kind of a fight going on between me and COVID for 15 days in the hospital. And uh, well, I made it. I beat COVID and I got out of the hospital. Oh, Amen. God was gracious. God was gracious. You wouldn't believe that I was sitting in my house for three years, not going anywhere, not doing anything because, of course, the, the whole country was shut down. Can you imagine 1.4 billion people and you get out of the street, there's nobody there and you wonder where are the people in this country? You know? And um, so there's only a few markets which are open for two hours every day where you can go and buy your essential food and then they're shut down again. And uh, so many problems. You know, Where can we say? Like the poor you know, laborers, they go to other states to work, to find work, and they work there. And one fine morning, they shut down the transport system, saying nobody travels anywhere, not realizing these people have to get back to their homes. And they, they got no jobs, they got no money, and they had to travel. And would you believe that these families travel for hundred like 1,500 kilometers? 1,500 kilometers carrying their little babies, carrying their little belongings, walking all the way. Wow. So many people died along the way. And, uh, and the story goes on. But, as I said on the DVD, God is still in control. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus is Lord. I mean, what will we do if without Jesus Christ? You know, we sang that song. Asking questions, who can walk on the water, who can quench the fire. And we all said, no one, no one. And I'm telling you, it's true. It's not just a song. It is the real, real truth that no one else can take care of us and lead us and guide us. Amen? God has been good to us, my dear friends. We survived. The churches are going well. And so many hardships the government is bent upon wiping out Christianity from the Prime Minister. down. Don't you ever show this on the YouTube, please. They might arrest me before I land in India. You know? Because they don't like us. So, you know? And uh, they are so open in attacking Christians. They never used to come into it like it a church worship like this. They don't bother us. But now... They'll come in, beat up the pastors, beat up the women, the children. They drive them out of the church, and they said, no worship in this country. You know, this is Hindu nation, and no foreign religion is allowed here anymore. And uh, many of my pastors have been taken to the police station. Some of them put in jail. You know, no reasons, because... The judges are against us. The police is against us. The government is against us, but we're still continuing the work of God. And uh, I just had a pastors' conference very recently, and I was asking them, "What do you think? Should we quit? It's too hard, too hard to do the gospel, too hard to do the ministry? So, what is your thoughts?" Would you believe that everyone stood up and they said, we will die, but we will not quit. That was amazing. That was was so touching for me. And I looked at them and said, that's my boys. That's our call. That's how we will do the work of God in this world. Amen? Hallelujah. I am mean, lovely to see my friends, and I was so thrilled to see Pastor Neil, and today, of course, his dear wife, Nancy. You know, I, I have known Pastor Neil more than you do anyway. I have, I have known him for almost 35 years when he was pastoring, you know, leading the church in Nambour. Well, you don't know Pastor Neil because you don't know him then. He was a big deal. So that's the way it goes, you know. He was uh, leading a powerful, thriving church and doing great things for the Lord. Traveled to India so many times. So there's a link. There's a, you know, a bond there. Because somebody who loves India. so lovely to see you, Pastor Neil, today. It's such a joy. Amen. And Ian came all the way from the South Pole to see me. Not quite, South Pole, but he came. Thank you, end for coming over. So lovely to see you. And all of you, I'm so happy that I could be here with you today. Amen? It's just my heart is full of, full of joy and gratitude that I could come back and be with you. I want to thank the church, the Bayside Church, for standing with us and supporting us in the hardest times of our lives and our ministry. And that's where you find a true friend. A friend that will stand with you at the times of crisis. Who will not walk away from you. And uh, you have given. You gave the greatest offering when we were struggling with COVID in India. And you have no idea what you're giving has made a difference to our people. And on behalf of my... Pastors and and leaders, I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for standing with us and supporting you. You know, this church has been supporting us for more than 20 years. Every month after month, month after month, you know, we can count on the support that comes from here. Your hard-earned money, your sacrificial giving, you know, really making a difference for us. Amen? The only problem is the ministry is not finished yet. Hello? So we need you to continue to give, please. You know, 37 pastors dead. 37 widows one fine morning. And their little children. And, uh, you know, my wife runs a widow's fund. She called it Naomi Fund. And she's supporting about 70 widows. And the widow's numbers are growing these days. And uh, so she's collecting money. And uh, helping, you know, thirty dollars, she collects and sends it to a, each uh, widow, wherever the pastors have died or killed, you know, the COVID and whatever it is. And uh, the needs are there. I was sharing with my the the men last, yesterday in the men's breakfast. I said, three hundred and seventy-five pastors are praying for a bicycle. They're not asking for a motorcycle. They're not asking for a car. They're asking for a bicycle. So they can move around a little better. You know, they're 15, 20 kilometers. They walk every day these days. A bicycle will make a big difference. And we are looking for, as usual, it may sound the same old story for you, but to us, it is real need. You know, we are looking for people to support our pastors with $60 a month, I ask you to give me $2 a day. You can't even buy a coffee here. But you can make a difference in the life of a family in India. You know, we got orphans. We need $30 support for our orphan children to take care of them. You know, I don't, I don't have time to share with you all the stories. Well, you have heard enough. And you know enough of what we are doing anyway. So we got some photographs of pastors and uh, orphan children Uh, my good friend. Where is he? Phil. Phil. And and the Wines family there, they're all there to help. So please sign up and take a a family with you. And please make a difference. Let us go and tell the people, hey, somebody is supporting you. By the way, The money that is given to the orphan children, the money goes to that child. None of the money is being touched for anything else. So people have been asking, will that money go to the child I am supporting? Yes, it does. And we make sure that the child is taken care of with your support. And uh, So thank you so much for helping us and continue to pray for us. And I want to preach a little bit. Is that okay? I know you don't like it, but anyway. <laughs> when you have got a great preacher like Ross, what else can you think? You know, and here comes the lousy speaker from India and you say, All right, put up with him, you know? Well, put up with me. So would you please turn with me to the Gospel of Luke? Chapter 5. The familiar story of Jesus calling Peter. So that's what I want to share with you, maybe a little bit more than what you have been thinking, but that'll be okay. Amen. So, Luke chapter 5, we read verse 4. The stories from verse 1 to 11, but we'll just leave, read verse 4 for the sake of time and let's see what it says. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. We know the story Jesus comes to the lake of Gennesaret. He wants to preach to a multitude. He was using the method of using the water to resonate his sound. So he was looking for a boat. There were two boats and he chose one that happened to be Simon's. Well, in Jesus' plans, nothing is an accident. You know, he just didn't trip over the boat of Simon. It was a pre-plan. Amen? Though there was a multitude there to listen to him, I believe that him going to that spot is only to touch the life of one man by name Simon. But others, just a bonus. You can hear me preach and you can go home, but I'm after this guy. So he starts off with getting into his boat. And ask him to push it down and he preaches. Because the boat is in the water, the owner is sitting there. He wanted to wait till he finishes his preaching so that he can pull the boat to the side and then go home. And uh, he finished his preaching. And he tells Simon, hey, launch out into the deep and cast out your net for a catch. And Simon said, well, you are a good preacher. I enjoyed listening to you, but I don't think that you are a good fisherman. I don't think that you will suit that place like me. But he says, you have no idea. Last night was pretty bad for me. Couldn't catch anything. So I'm sitting here. And now you're asking me to go back again in the daytime? And then he says, because you said it, according to your word, I'll go. Anyway, we know the story. He goes there. He puts his net. He caught the biggest number of fishes in his life. He comes back. He falls at his feet. And he tells him, I'm a sinful man. Get away from me. And Jesus says, I will make you a fisher of man. And that's the end of the story. Let's go home. (laughs) Do you like the preacher from India? (laughs) We love him. Come every week. That was great. Well, I'm not done yet. A little bit more I want to share with you. So that was the story. So Jesus was telling Simon... I want you to go into the deep and launch out your net for a catch. What is my message for today? That is the story that we all know. But I wanted to go a little further on that story. And my message for you today is this What will happen to you and me when we go deeper with Jesus Christ? That's my message. Wow. Wow. Going deeper with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Have you ever been deeper with Jesus Christ? Or have you been always a superficial, a surface level Christian, coming every Sunday, stuck in a corner, throwing a few dollars in the bag and say, I'm done with Christianity, I'm going home. Is that we are? That's not what Jesus wants us to be. He wants us to go deeper with him. So that's my message. My question is, what will happen to us if we go into the deep? If it's not good for us, if it is not going to be something great that I could get, there's no point of going into the deep. But I wanted to share with you some of the things that will happen that you and I go into the deep with Christ. Amen? Would you like to hear that? And the thing is, when you get a bit weary, when somebody is looking at the wash more than three times, I'll throw the Bible down and I'll walk down. Is that okay? Otherwise, I'll continue on telling more and more things that will happen in, when you go into the deep. Amen? Number one, what will happen when we go into the deep? When you go into the deep, there you'll find freedom in your life. Amen? There are two kinds of Christians in the world. One is shallow Christians. Who are they? They're very selfish people. There's no character of Christ has gone into them. But still they're Christians. But they're shallow Christians. But God would like you and me to get out of that shallowness. Keep on walking in so that you can get into the deep. Where the selfishness will be taken away. And God's nature will come into our life. Amen. I believe that the deep will give us the freedom. How many of you want freedom in your life? Thank you for that five hands. Amen. We all want freedom. Freedom is something that we hardly can find in this world. But Jesus says, freedom is not in the shallowness. Freedom is where I am. That is right into the deep. Amen. Deep is calling out to us. And saying, come here and enjoy the freedom that I've got for you. Amen. And number two, in the the deep, we'll find revelation in our life. Amen. Jesus says to him, go into the deep and launch out your net. Nobody goes to fish in the morning in the deep. Fishing is done in the night. You go in the night and sit there and throw your net and wait and get the catch and come home in the morning. Here in the middle of the day, this son of the carpenter, good preacher, but he's telling us to go and throw the net in the deep in the morning. But he looks at him, he said, your preaching was good, maybe you are good. And he looks at him and he says, nevertheless, according to your word, I'll do it. Friends, Every word that Jesus Christ speaks, there's a miracle on the way. Amen? Hear that from me again. No matter what your conditions are, no matter what your brain tells you, I want you to know that when Jesus speaks, every word that falls out of his mouth, there is a miracle. Amen? Hallelujah. Let God speak to you. Allow Jesus Christ to speak into your life because the miracle is on its way. Amen? Would you like to have a miracle today? So that you can walk out of this door, somebody different, healed in your body, your life has been transformed, joy in your heart, peace overwhelming in your life. That's what this church is all about. Amen? Miracle in our life, my dear friends. Every word that comes out of his mouth. There's a miracle for us. Amen? Yes, yes. And number three. In the deep, you'll find supernatural things. Yeah. 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 We move from natural to supernatural. We are supernatural people. Because we believe in a supernatural God. Yes. We are just natural, supernatural beings living in a natural body. That's, right. That's what we are. Yeah. And God wants to do supernatural things in our life. God is sick and tired of natural things. God says, move on. Get into the supernatural ways. And you know, that day, Simon realized that the fish that he caught was not just natural. It was supernatural. Amen? It went against every every plan and idea of a fisherman because it was according to his word. And it was a miracle. And it was... Supernatural. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And number four, in the deep, there is an abundance waiting for us. Amen? When you pray, what do you pray for? Do you pray sometimes? Once a month? Whenever we pray, we only pray for the minimum. We only want exactly the bills to be paid for. We want just that money enough to live along. You know, when we're asking for a car, you'll be asking for the most dumbest car. You know, that car that will just calm down on you every five kilometers. But we say, I'm happy with that, Lord. That's not humility. You know, we don't know how to ask the Lord according to his wishes. Amen? I want you to know that when you ask for the minimum, God always wants to give you the maximum. Amen? How does God bless us? He says God will bless us us according to his riches in glory. Amen? Not according to our thoughts. Not according to our calculations. But God says, I will give it to you according to my wishes, according to my treasures, yes. according to my heavenly place, and I will give it to you according to my riches. Yes. Amen? Yeah. God wants to give us abundantly. Amen? Yes. Can you imagine that, that Simon goes and throws the net and he got about seven pieces, seven fish. That's not a good deal, right? But when he threw the net there was so much of fish that it was about to break the net. Amen? In every aspect of your life, that's what Jesus wants to do. Not only break the net, but he'll break your bank account. He'll break everything to the maximum, saying that this is what I want to do. This is what I want to bless you with because this is my plan. Because I'm a God of abundance. Do you know that? Your God is not that, that stingy God that the other religions teach us about who snatches things away from you. But my God will bless you according to his riches and glory. And he says, I am a God of abundance. The only problem is it is in the deep. For you to get it, you have to get to the deep. That's the only thing. I mean, it's not in the shallowness. You have to get into the deep, and the abundance is just waiting for you. Amen? Hallelujah. It's abundance. And what is the number I was saying? We're in four? Four. No. Thank you. Thank you. Keep keep me in line, okay? (laughs) Because, yeah. So number five, in the deep, you will get into maturity. Amen. Maturity happens in the deep. What happened? He had so much of fish and the fish is still coming in. And he could have thought, heck with those guys sitting there twiddling their fingers, all those fishermen haven't got anything, but I'm stuck with all this, but more fish. I don't want it. I'll put it back into the water. That is immaturity, right? But suddenly maturity takes place In Peter's life, he says, Hey, come along, I can share with you some fish. This is one pastor calling another pastor to share the members of his church. Can you imagine that it could ever happen? (laughs) I don't think so. Right? We wanted to hold on to everyone that we found. But that day two miracles took place. One was, one pastor is willing to share his people to another pastor. That was one miracle. But do you know, the greatest miracle is the other pastor came. That is a big miracle. Because he, the pastors are so proud. He may not have 10 people instead, but I don't want your fish. I know how to fish myself. I'll sit with my people like this, 10 people for the next 20 years. No. This is God's provision for you. Take it. Amen. So maturity was taking place in the deep. And you know, friends, maturity will lead us to unity. Amen. People will get united because we will not fight over petty differences. But we will all work together to bring in a great harvest for the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And the next one, I forget the number, so I'll keep on saying it, okay? And the next one, sixth, is generosity. Amen. Generosity, willing to give to others. Why people are not generous, that's a question. Everybody should be generous. But most of the people aren't, why? The reason is, Fear and selfishness will stop your giving attitude. If you are frightened of losing your money, and if you are so selfish you don't care about others, then you wouldn't want to give. That's why people don't give, because they're frightened to give. They're selfish to give. But God says, that's not my nature. Because God is a giver. Whenever God gave, God gave the best. He says in John chapter 3, verse 16 says, When God gave, he gave the best. His only begotten son. He could have given Michael and, and uh, you know, one of the archangels or the cherubims, you know, throw a few in, let them go, who cares, you know. <laughs> he could have done that. But he took his only begotten son, the only one, the glory of the heavens. Amen? The creator of the universe. The bright and morning star. He's everything. He gave. Why? To get people like you and me. Can you believe that? He came all the way from heaven so that he can touch your life, touch my life, die for me, die for you, give the last drop of blood for us, get all his body torn into pieces. He died the most wretched death so that you and I could sit here in Bayside Christian Church, lifting up our hands towards heaven and telling God, I am free, I am free, I am free. My sins have been washed away. And I'm destined for heaven and on my way to eternity. Amen? Can you believe that? Because of God's generosity. And God wants us to be like him. God wants you to be a great giver. The only problem is we can never outgive God. No matter what you give, God will give it more back to you. Throw it on your lap, open the windows, drown you with blessings. That's what the Bible says. Nothing can stop it. And he became generous in the deep. He's willing to serve, willing to share his blessings to others. Amen? Hallelujah. And the next thing that happened... In the deep is excitement There's not a moment of boring in the deep Amen When you go to fish normally You go and throw that stupid net in the water And sit there and twiddle your fingers And eat that cold lunch That was sitting with you for about six hours And you're going to wait all night For this silly fish to get into the net that's pretty boring. Are you excited? Yeah, go and do it then. But when he went according to the word of Jesus, when he went into the deep, there's not a moment that he could sit around and, and wait. There he threw the net and the fishes were saying, stupid, why were you late? The fish was talking to the fisherman. Can you imagine that? You know, that's what happens when Jesus tells you to do something. Amen? The blessings wait for you. The blessings will call you names. Because Jesus wants to give it to you. Amen? They got into the net. They were saying, my net is going to be torn. Who cares? We are coming in. (laughs) They were jumping into the net. Amen? The net was about to be torn, but Jesus knew, you know, if it is torn, the fish won't make it to the shore. So when they filled up the boat, the boat was about to sink. What I'm trying to say, there's not a moment of boredom in the deep. It is so exciting because that's what happens in the deep when you go and listen to the words of Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you getting a bit bored? feel free to ask me to stop. But make sure that you give me a good offering. <laughs> Don't you think that I've forgotten that? My pastors keep on reminding me here. Remember why you are there, you know. What else will can happen in the deep? In the deep, you'll make a discovery. What, you will, what will you discover? In the deep, Peter discovered that Jesus is not just a master, but he is the Lord. The revelation came, not when he was there sitting and listening to his sermon, but when he got into the deep, he realized that this man is not just a rabbi, but he is Lord. And also he discovered, I'm not a great guy. I'm a wretched sinner. Amen? There's two things he discovered in the deep. When you don't get into the deep, you think that you're a great guy. You think that you're just fine. Everything is going well for me. Too bad for him, but I'm not like him. But Get into the deep, man. Then you'll have a discovery of yourself. Then you'll have a discovery of who this Jesus is. Hallelujah. Amen. Where are we now? We're in nine? I've done eight? Good for me. Yeah. Great. Nine, in the deep, a calling will take place. Amen. A stirring comes in your heart. What's happening to me? Who is this man? How did I get all these fish? I'm a sinner. He seems to be different. He seems to be a different man. And uh, the tearing takes place. And a calling is happening. Amen? And Jesus looks at him. And he says, Don't be afraid. I'll make you a fisher of man. Amen. Wow. Hallelujah. Yeah. Do you have any idea that out of 12 disciples Jesus had, seven of them were fishermen? Wow. That's too many fishermen, don't you think? Eh? <laughs> seven of them. Why? Look at a fisherman. What is his quality? Why would he go after fishermen? Is that because he couldn't find anybody else? No. No. He had a plan. He was deliberately choosing fishermen. Seven of them. Why? Fisherman, number one, he knows how to fish. He knows what he's doing. That's a good thing to start with. Amen? What are the other qualities of a fisherman? Number one. Number two, he'll wake up early in the morning. When you're sleeping, Till nine o'clock, a fisherman gets up early morning. He's a hard-working person. He has got perseverance. He endures hardship. That's the qualities of a fisherman. And Jesus says, that's good enough for me. All the rest, I can work it out. Yeah. Come and join me, boys. You have got the thing that I'm looking for. And I will do the rest for you. And I'll make you good enough for me and he chose seven fishermen. Wow. Amen? How about I close my Bible? That makes you feel good? Because first the preachers close their Bible and suddenly the listeners think praise God is finishing his sermon. You know? But my own pro- only problem was I was not looking at the Bible that much. But I did close my Bible just for your sake. (laughs) So now you'll relax, so I can hit you on your head. That's what you should do. When you relax the people and hit them hard, you know. And uh, number 10, is that right? The last thing that'll happen in your life when you go to the deep is you'll surrender your life completely. Surrendering takes place in the deep. Amen? People don't surrender to the Lord because they still hang around in the shallowness of life. But when you get to the place of deep experience with Christ, you will start to surrender your life. Your life means nothing without Jesus. Your life has no meaning. Your life doesn't go anywhere you start to realize it's time for me to surrender my life to the man who can change me. The one who can lead me, who can guide me. Amen? He totally surrenders himself. How did that happen? What happened in the deep? You know what happened? They saw something in the deep. They touched something. They felt something. And they said, I want this so, so badly. Amen? And they said, all I want is that man. All I want is that son of the carpenter. All I want is that man who sat in my boat. The one who said to me, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. And I did. And my whole life was transformed. Amen. He goes in there as a fisherman. He comes out as a disciple of Jesus Christ. He comes out as a man who could serve God with all his heart. The one who walked and talked and shared and slept, preached, did miracles like Jesus. And that's what happened. It all began when he started in the deep. Stand with me please. Let's pray. Wonderful Jesus. Launch out into the deep. That day it was a net. Today he is calling out to you and me to do it. He says, you launch out yourself into the deep. Amen? The reason is, I got so much of goodies for you. If you stay in the shallowness, you will never get anything. But if you will step out, and move on the way i want you to be so much of things are waiting for you now it's our choice you make a choice what do you want to do in your life freedom revelation supernatural have you been there any time have you seen supernatural things have you enjoyed abundance in your life have you ever been mature in your life before And the stories go on. Until the time you come totally surrendering to Christ. I pray today even nothing else, Lord. I pray today is that none of us should go from here without walking into the deep and say to him, I want it so badly in my life. I want it in my life, Lord. I'm ready to get into the deep. Give me Give me the things that Simon enjoyed that made him Peter. I want to enjoy that in my life, Lord. I want it, Father. I'm sick and tired of being a Christian like this. So shallow, selfish, couldn't careless. But I want to move on into the deep. Let it happen today. My prayer, four years passed by. And as I prayed, prepared for the today, I said, Lord, Make me a blessing to somebody here that who will say, I want to enter into the deep. I want to touch Jesus in a special way. I want to be different. Would you like to pray that prayer with me? Would you like to say, Yes, I like that. I would like to enter into the deep. I'm sick and tired of where I am, but I like where I could be. I want to step out and go there. Amen. Amen. I want to hand over to Pastor Ross, please. Come. He's better with... Thank you for joining us. The Bayso Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au church.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.